Uh, have you ever had a dream where Harrison Ford's your dad? Have you ever had a dream where you could sit there and you could do anything? Yeah. I've had a dream that Harrison Ford is my daddy. Is that the same oh, thing? Oh, God. <laughs> that got weird. All right, Rachel. Let's, it's, it's now Rachel's, Rachel's fetish talk. It's Fetish Corner. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, I don't know if we want to do that. Is Fetish Corner not going to be a regular segment of ours? No, we're not going to do Fetish Corner. Damn it. It's really looking forward to taking the show in that direction. Uh, We're not going to talk about all my relationships with inflatable pole toys. (laughs) You know what else is an inflatable pole toy? The Savage Land. Welcome back to the Savage Land. I'm trying to be super peppy. Woohoo! Who's I in love the Savage it. Land? <laughs> Jason. Math. <laughs> you. And I'm Rachel. I really got to stop with those dumb introductions. I, know, I feel like at some <laughs> point Matt's finally going to figure out uh, how to how to introduce himself. But I love it. Oh, well. <laughs> hey. <laughs> do what I want. <laughs> Yeah, you said I, 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 I do what I want and regret it in the future. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad whatever happened with your throat last week uh, cleared up, Matt. You sounded really weird. I don't know what it was. Oh, are you trying to do a callback to our failed bit? Uh, you mean our very, very successful bit that was really funny? Was... <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> uh, guys, who, who's this week's episode brought to you by? Uh, probably comic bento comic yeah, bento motherfuckers <laughs> is it still water is it still underwater fuck time? yeah it's underwater what do, what do you like to do underwater uh, uh, i don't know that's gonna go back to that to fetish, fetish corner that <laughs> it's fetish corner brought to you by comic bento uh, they signed oh. off on it they love it and we lost comic bento oh yes <laughs> new announcement uh we now are searching for sponsorship um uh yeah comic bento you can use promo code savage for five dollars off your first box it's a it's fucking cool it's the greatest thing ever you just get comics mailed to you you don't ever have to interact with humans it's great which is awesome yeah it's fucking random marvel dc image idw what do you dark horse what do you like they got it they fucking they send it to your door you 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 basement dwelling motherfucker (laughs) i don't know cheeto fingers man we're all we're all basement dwelling pe- well i guess i don't dwell in a basement anymore but you know what i mean um it's like you're taking the cards against humanity approach to to selling things hey they're just like where they're where they're just like fuck you we have a product <laughs> <laughs> Is that what, we should say that from now on fuck you comic pento <laughs> signed sealed and delivered um no yep. it's it's fucking great like i don't know comic pento is one of my f- if i had a favorite subscription box it'd be comic pento um because that like they're the it's, one subscription it's, it's box. like yeah it's like loot crate you get a loot crate every month and that's super awesome mm. this one you get comic books and comic books are usually pretty expensive depending on what they are yeah 
They're a hell of a lot more expensive than uh, like like for for a box of five comics. That is uh, definitely going to be more than twenty bucks if you're buying it at a store, uh, but not with Comic Pento. So yeah, and you get and you get more out of it than Funko Pops. It, that's yeah. e- that was exactly my next point. Is like and unlike other subscription boxes, they're not going to just send you a shit ton of Funko Pops that you don't know what to do with. Although I guess Rachel likes those, but no offense to yeah, you, Rachel. I- I like them. I'd put them on my desk. I did get the last loot crate, though, and there wasn't a Funko in there. (gasps) But there was a little statuette of the Ice King from Adventure Time, and he's holding Gunther like a baby. Oh, that's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, if you you like comic books, you like water, you like all that shit. um, As this comes out, this will be coming out the last day. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. So literally, as you're listening to this, when it's brand new, uh, this will be the last day that the Get Wet box is available. So go to comicbento.com and use promo code SAVAGE, and you'll get yourself a fucking box of comics. Five of them. Fuck yeah. Should I get swear wet. more? Get wet in the fetish corner. Fuck you, get wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, let's catch them up. What's, uh, who's got the ketchup? Um... You know how I, you know how yesterday we were like, you guys were like, "Hey Matt, what uh, what time are we going to record tomorrow?" And I, and I didn't respond at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Definitely played the entire Uncharted Lost Legacy game from start to finish yesterday. Nice. <laughs> I, I guess I'll forgive you then when I was trying to figure out my whole entire life and you didn't answer. <laughs> but I, really, because I like saw you guys text and I was like, "Okay, cool, I'll answer that." And like, I guess I didn't. And then like. Five hours later, or, or not even this morning, I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, nobody responded. And I looked and I was like, oh, I didn't even respond. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fucking moron. At, at one point, seriously, like two or three times, it occurred to me to be like, hey, maybe I should ask Matt again uh, what time he wants to record. But then I was like, well, no, they hate it when I send reminders in the group chat. So I just, I'll leave it. Guess. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it all worked out. But yeah. Uh, no, man. Yeah, I was just uh, often. India searching for the the tusk of Ganesh. Is that what it's called? How was that? Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, well, then I'll go. I'll refer to Rachel's question. How was that? <laughs> <laughs> was that what it's called? <laughs> There's no other pro- appropriate name for Ganesh's tusk other than the tusk of Ganesh. All right. I don't know if he knows who Ganesh is. So yeah, I, I have no idea. Oh. What's, tell me about yeah. Ganesh. Oh. oh, I was... Okay. To me, I'm just like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Ganesh is the elephant-headed deity uh, uh, child of Krishna and in Indian mythology. Oh, okay. Ganesh is the one that's always on like all of the sort of like uh, religious like artwork and stuff. If he's got an elephant head, then yeah. Okay, dope. I'm on board. I know what you're talking about. If it's a, if it's a human head, it's probably not Ganesh because Ganesh has an elephant head. <laughs> that's why they call him uh, Ganesh the guy with the elephant head is that, is that his name in in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in English yep. yeah nice that's the translated name um, <laughs> uh, no it's great it's it's you know it's a solid it's another solid uh, entry into the Uncharted series how many games Not have quite, they done for Uncharted well there's four Nathan Drake games there's a, I think there's a couple like small like like let's make a mobile game or something like that like uh, fake fake games uncharted angry birds right uh and then this is the the uh spin-off with some some uh secondary characters that have their own adventure ooh 
Yeah, uh, but that's the same gameplay, same everything, and you know. Oh, so is it like still that, the same studio that makes it? Yes, Naughty Dog. That that was my one problem with like the Batman Arkham games is that when they did Arkham Origins, they just like went to some other developer that was not Rocksteady and was just like, "Hey, you want to make a Batman game that's like in the same world as the other ones, but totally sucks." They're, li- they're like, "Hey, Bebop, uh, you guys want to make this game?" <laughs> and then <laughs> I get it. I get it too. Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, I don't Wouldn't know. Wouldn't that be so funny played, if Matt uh, didn't uh, get it? It would be funny. After he made the joke. After I made the joke. Um, it's a pretty short game. It's it's priced as a short game, so that's you know, that's kinda of fun. I beat it I mean obviously I played it in a day. Yeah. Well it took but about six six or seven hours I plus can never, minus I can never determine the length of a game based on how long it takes you guys to play it. Cause like I've, like you guys have talked before about playing a game that's like a pretty long game and just getting it done in like one or two days. I don't. I don't think I ever have because people post how long it takes to beat a game, and my times are almost always at least eight hours above that. Hmm. And somebody's like, "Oh, it's a twelve-hour playthrough." I'm like, "Uh, it definitely took me 20. <sighs> so, but I don't run through games. I play them slow and like look at the scenery. <laughs> you see Matt playing a game, and he's just like turning the the right analog stick just to look around and above him yeah, for no, two yeah, hours ab- abs- i do that absolutely i <laughs> <Yes>. do that <laughs> i'll like climb a mountain in zelda i'm like man this this is a nice mountain there's uh, a pond look at the view well but that, zelda honestly, the new ev- zelda is fucking beautiful every yes. single open world game i play as soon as the map unlocks i won't even play the game i have to go to the highest point and look around <laughs> before i do anything else in the game that's what I do in all the Batman games. Like Arkham, Arkham Knight, I think had the most beautiful representation of Gotham that I've ever seen. Yes, Arkham Knight so was cool. Yeah. Um. Nope. So that's what I did. Did that. That's your whole week. Wait, you went to the eclipse. Uh, Talk about the eclipse. Yeah, we have. I was about to. Um, oh, cool. No, no, that was my whole yesterday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. So last weekend I went to Idaho for the total total solar eclipse. Literally the minute after we finished recording. Yep, actually for real. So yeah, you. I was. I had to. I had to kick you out and pack and leave. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should have. We should have. Like, I. I. It occurred to me that the episode went out the day of the eclipse, so we should have been like super topical and been like, "Hey, we're." No, I didn't. I'll be there. Didn't not definitely didn't go out on the day of the eclipse, but yeah, it did. No, I didn't. Thursday, Monday. Monday the was, was Monday. the eclipse. Oh well, then I'm. I'm very in tune with the world, guys. Yeah, really. did you even see it? Uh, no. Did you even eclipse, bro? Jeez. I, I laid in bed and slept in, uh, and then watched videos on on uh, Facebook. I hate you so much <laughs> right now. Um, yes, we went to Idaho, uh, did a five day hangout on the river, and watched the total solar eclipse, and it was pretty amazing. Nice. I would say. I would say. Hands down, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Really? Yep. For reals. What was so? Did it? Did it actually get like dark? Yes, it got dark. The it, before it started like getting like as it was like re- nearing totality, it got dimmer and dimmer, and the birds started singing and the crickets started chirping. Wait, really? Um, yes, for reals. And then the uh, eclipse happened and it turned into night and all the stars came out. Uh, and then all around the edge of the horizon was a 360 degree sunset. 
Wow. Uh, or, or the same sort of sunset lighting, right? So it's just this like gorgeous red and purple like glow all off in the distance, and you're just sitting in the dark with stars above you. Wow. Um, it was incredible. That's pretty uh, awesome. And then, and then you're, you're, you can take your glasses off and watch it while it's in totality. So everybody you know, has their glasses off and they're staring at it. And then the, as, as the moon slowly moves away, uh, like this single beam of light comes out of the sun and just like burns everybody's retinas real quick. Hell um, yeah. Which feels like a thousand little sun daggers. But no, it was, it was incredible. It was amazing. It was absolutely gorgeous. And just, you know, it's just one of those things that you don't see every day. Yeah, that's that's dope. I uh, I I kind of wished that I had uh, gone and done something for the eclipse, but then I was like, nah. Um, it wouldn't have been the same, you know. It wasn't full totality in L.A. Oh yeah, no. Rachel, in terms Rachel of like, was, Rachel was closer to totality here in, in Salt Lake. Yeah, it was like ninety or ninety three percent. So it did get like darker. Yeah, but not completely pitch. Yeah. Like it would have in totality, but it was still really cool. You could still see a little bit of it, and yeah. then it got and really it, dark, and it got like significantly colder. Yeah, it got colder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The temperature dropped outside. Yeah, I heard one of my roommates was up in uh, Oregon for that, and he was like, he was like, yeah, we hiked up this mountain, and like as totality started approaching, like at first he was like crazy hot, like sweating and stuff. And so he took off all of his layers, and then I guess by the time they reached the top, he was like freezing. Yeah. So no, it was it, it was something else, man. I mean, you know, you don't get them you don't get them all the time, obviously. Yeah. Um, the next one in the continental U.S. will be in twenty forty five. Oh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're feeling adventurous, there is one in uh, Argentina and Patagonia next year. Boom. Easy. Yep. That's a quick skip and a hop down to let's take a road trip you could yeah people do people drive down there hell yeah smuggle drugs that's 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 stereotyping well i'm just i'm just saying when you're going on a road trip like down through south america and stuff like that's 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 what a lot you know there's a lot there's a lot of drug smuggling that happens through the uh through the north american continent north and south american probably uh anyway no that's more or less all i did i read some stuff Read Charles Soule's uh, Daredevil. Uh, I did the thing that we're going to talk about on today's episode. Oh yeah, and uh, the mysterious thing. Mysterious thing, and uh, and I uh, went down a Ryan. I went down a brown hole. <laughs> Back to fetish corner. A Ryan Brown fetish hole. corner <laughs> with God hates astronauts. How many volumes of God Hates Astronauts are there? Um, if there's more than three, I don't have many more than that. But you read you read all three uh, volumes that you've got? No, I I just I, I, I a little bit into the second one. Oh, nice. Still yeah. great. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anywho, there's my ketchup. Ketchup. Somebody else. Somebody else can catch up. Uh, I'll go ahead and catch up because then I'll let Rachel segue into our, uh, into our, into our middle segment after her catch up. Um, oh yeah, let's do that. I, I have one other catch up. I watched Rogue One like spinny drunk and that was fun. <laughs> 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 all right. Yeah. 
Spinny Drunk Rogue One. <laughs> um, so in this, I, I should have brought this up like, I don't know, three weeks ago or something, but I forgot. Uh, I binged through the entirety of Breaking Bad. So yeah, you did. That was, that was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. We could talk about it, but it's too late, dude. You missed your boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about it for just a little bit, but I mean, so I'm really, I'm really into not watching shows while they're still airing now. Like, it's pretty great to just decide how much of a show you want to consume. I always do that. What are you, what are you talking about? Do you feel like external pressure to, like, do you feel external pressure to have to watch, like, I don't know, all of Marvel's Defenders in one day because you're recording a podcast here? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, like, like, for instance, with Mr. Robot, as much as I love that show and I've talked about it a bunch, uh, there's like a stress, like whenever there's a new episode up to be like, Oh, I got to see the, the new episode of Mr. Robot, you know? Uh, sure. and that kind of sucks. Cause then it's like, especially with a show that's complex like that, you go, okay, wait a minute. So who was, what was going on last week? Like what, and who's this guy? Okay. What was the, what, you know? Uh, and it's just like, it's, I don't know. It, it is in terms of just like, it's the same as reading like comics month to month, you know, issue by issue. It's just like, it's hard to, uh, maintain all of the plot threads in your head and like remember who was doing what and what happened um and i think that's kind of where where it lost me with breaking bad um is that when i first was watching it it was still airing um and i just like it got to a certain point where i was like this show's really good but i'm having a hard time following all the plot threads um and so now anyway now going back and and watching everything at once uh, you know, the shit they say is true. It's one of the fucking best shows that's ever been on television. Yeah, you know, it's particularly sh- striking in what you just said is not only are you like, hey guys, I just watched Breaking Bad uh, and I just discovered Breaking Bad or maybe you didn't just discover it. I didn't but, just discover it. But more to it that you're like, also, hey guys, I just found out like this whole thing about binge watching TV. It works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, the rest of the world that binged watched Breaking Bad was is are is, is uh, it's definitely is 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 definitely over it at this point. I started watching it maybe a couple weeks after the finale aired. As did I, and then I watched the whole thing. Right, I didn't watch Breaking Bad until it was all on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I saw a stat one time that that like most people. Yeah, exactly. That's that that was the stat that I saw that like the vast majority of Breaking Bad's viewership came from Netflix. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's weird when people talk about, uh, Netflix and, and all these streaming services killing, you know, TV, uh, like if a, if a network like AMC is smart, it, it, if anything enriches its TV, um, right. because people talk about how, like, since, since so many people wait for it to hit Netflix, then shows get canceled, you know, before they even have a chance, uh, and all I have to say to that is that's not Netflix's problem. That's the network's problem. If they if they recognize, you know, it's very obvious now that the majority of viewership in most TV shows comes from streaming service. If you're not patient enough to wait for those viewers to come in, that's on you. That's not on Netflix. That's not on the, the you know, the viewers. That's on the network for canceling a show before it reaches its best way of growing an audience. Right? Like, 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 uh, pay, like trade trade paperbacks fucking exactly it's the it's it's exactly the same problem that marvel has with canceling these series before they ever see you know library and bookstore markets like 
it's just it's 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 dumb it's so dumb when the majority of your list or of your viewers or readers or whatever or at least a very large portion of them uh are coming to your story through one medium and then you just decide to cancel it before it ever hits that medium like that just doesn't make sense no it doesn't um and so yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that AMC seems to understand uh the Netflix model and has been very successful because of it. You know, Walking Dead and, and Breaking Bad and Mad Men are all shows that very much benefited from that model. Um anyway. But back to the point. Yeah, uh, uh, back to the point. Do you do you want to uh you want to give the the listeners a uh the long overdue and everybody already knows rating for Breaking Bad? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 10 out of 10. Uh, it got better and better. And what was great was like every every time, especially in the later seasons, there's so many little moments in that show that have become like memes now. Um, right. And so like the Jesse at the dinner table with Walt and Skyler as he's like taking a drink and looking back and forth to both of them really uncomfortably. Uh, that was like as the as I saw the shots building up to that moment, I was like, oh, my God, it's about to happen. The thing that I've seen so much. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it is an incredible show, and I'll probably rewatch it. And uh, because of it, I've started watching Better Call Saul. Um, uh-huh. Oh, that one's good too. It's really good. I'm the the one thing that I'll say in terms of criticism with Better Call Saul is that there's not like with Walt. There's that compelling element of like he is trying to sell meth and stay alive and make money for his family. Uh, but a lot of the first arc with Saul is him finding out what he's trying to do, you know? Um, yeah. And so I don't think the show is quite as compelling from the get-go as Breaking Bad was. Uh, no, I, I agree with you there. It doesn't have that bingeable quality. Exactly. Especially the first season. Like, after the first season, it does take off a little more, mm. but it it takes a bit... Yeah, but I, I'm enjoying it. Like I'm last night, I watched a, a bunch of episodes while I was drawing, and um, it's you know it's it gets better every episode. But it was like up until the episode where where you kind of delve into Mike's backstory. Uh, yeah, that episode I think is the point where you're like, oh, okay, this show has a compelling nature to it. Like it has a reason to keep coming back and watching. It has a goal. Uh, but before that point, it was kind of like I'm not sure what's happening yet. Yeah. Um. So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying Better Call Saul. Uh but in the vein of small town crime stories, uh I also read finally I've had this sitting on my shelf for over a year now. Um I finally read volume 1 of Southern Bastards. Nice. Dudes. Have you have you guys read it? No, I'm in the same I've had Southern it sitting Bastards. there forever <laughs> and I just haven't got to it. Uh, yeah, I I read I read volume 1. It's fucking good, man. It's it's it is it is really good. Like you know that that Jason Aaron fella, he he really knows how to write. Yeah, he really. Yeah, does. he does. Um, I and that Jason and that Jason Latour fella he knows how to do the drawing. He knows how to draw and knows how to write too. Guy the guy does both. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, it's 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 just great. Like reading, you know, it's it's a crime story. It's incredibly compelling. Uh, it does something unexpected with its main character uh, toward the end of the first volume. Um, and I like it's it's like there, there's just that thing where this story could change in any way at any moment, but still preserve the thing that makes it Southern Bastards. Uh, and it's pretty remarkable. Sure. 
Um, so anyway, I, I'm really loving that. I can't wait to to keep reading. Um, the the only downside I know about Southern Bastards is that when they when they are in the middle of a story arc, uh, the issues come out like every other month, and then when they aren't in a story arc, it takes like eight months before the next one starts. And so it's a like once I get caught up, I'm worried about uh, the my ability to stay caught up. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then the last thing I'm going to mention, because I uh, forgot to mention it last week, is the movie Good Time. Have you guys uh, seen the previews for that at all? No. No. So it's a new A24 movie. They're the people who made uh, Ex Machina and Swiss Army Man and those movies. Um, sure. Cool. It stars Robert Pattinson. It's a it's like a sort of thriller heist movie. Uh, oh, yeah. The I did read about guy? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, I heard okay. Robert, Robert Pattinson's like crazy good in it. Mm-hmm. This yeah. this movie was phenomenal. First off, yeah, Robert Pattinson disappears into the role. Um, he's you know it's just it's not a, the type of role he's ever played before. Does a great job. Um, the characters are very compelling. However, if you're going to go see this movie, which I highly recommend, be prepared for basically a two hour panic attack. Uh, oh, it is the most intense movie I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like, because huh. it it's just the entire time it's just tightening the tension and tightening the tension and tightening the tension and it's f- like f- it's it's fast paced you know it's it's not a short movie but it's it's fast paced the entire time you're just moving your blood's pumping the lights are just like the the colors and the lights are crazy like bright and in your face and the music is like super loud it's got this really like sort of pumping soundtrack the entire time and you just feel like you're just you're just anxious and panicked the entire time like you really feel the situation that uh, sort of the characters are in um and so it's really good but just like be prepared to be just fucking nervous for like two hours oh that sounds like so much fun i don't know about (laughs) that it's look it it is a great movie it's just you know it's it's a movie that certainly is a visceral experience sure um uh yeah no although you reminded me speaking of uh a24 i watched the first episode of uh comrade detective oh how is it (laughs) it's pretty good i was very confused because like they really filmed an entire TV show to look to look like I couldn't it, like I couldn't process that it wasn't actually a show from the eighties, but because it, it looks legitimately like a show from the eighties, mm. yeah. Other other than it's uh, obviously it's clear definition in it, and it's in the new uh, widescreen format. It? It's, it's widescreen format, yeah. That's funny. I I, yeah. I do want to watch that. Um, it looks I, so I bizarre. I definitely recommend it. There's a lot of fantastic communist. Uh, one-liners in there nice that's what i love uh yeah and then in in keeping sort of similar to uh what matt did after watching the thing that we'll be talking about in the the main segment uh i started reading every run of daredevil so that's fun uh did you get it to the new one yet or you started out with you, you started back in mark wade's i started back in frank miller's Oh my god! You, no, you haven't read all the Daredevil. There's no way. No, you so don't read okay. That fast. So no, I don't. I know I don't read that fast. I read. <laughs> I read about half of Frank Miller's Daredevil, and then I'm going to go back to finish Frank Miller's Daredevil. But then I, I stepped. I leaped forward and read through like the first uh, 20 issues of Mark Wade's Daredevil, um, okay. and then I'm going to step back to Did, Frank Miller. You, are you gonna? Are you gonna take a? Are you gonna take a? Uh, are you gonna take a detour into Kevin Smith's novel? AKA, I mean Daredevil <laughs> comic. <laughs> uh, yes, I will actually. Um, I, I could only get about half an issue in. I couldn't. I mean, 
Because I did the same when Daredevil season two came out. I was like, I'm going to read all the Daredevil. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith's Daredevil is not fun. It's that's it's not, oh. it's, it's not even very good. Well, oh. I, so I disagree. And it, and there. It, it, it is like a novel. I I disagree with the. I think that Kevin Smith's Daredevil is very good. It's just incredibly, incredibly word heavy. Um, that was the first comic book he had ever written, and so I think that it took him a while to get a hang for the format. Uh, sure. I, I I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not blaming him, but yeah, yeah it's it is. It's just it, I, I did not think it was very good. I, I just think like the story. I don't know the story in. I think it was called Guardian Devil. Uh, his his story arc. I I really enjoyed the story the first time I read it. Um, and he did a lot of interesting things with the character. Um, and growing up in like a Catholic background, he definitely played on that part of Matt Murdock very well. Um, and it laid the groundwork for what became Bendis and Brubaker's also very, very good runs on Daredevil. Sure. So I don't know. I, I, I liked that one, but we'll see when I revisit it, I'll kind of let you guys know how I'm feeling. But yes, that's a huge problem I have with it is that it's incredibly word heavy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, to the point where it's not, it's not fun. Um, anyway, anyway, yeah, no, I, I, that's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, have you done Mark? You've done Mark Wade's Daredevil before, though, right? Or just not the entire, not in entirety. I haven't read it in its entirety. I've, I've, I had read like issues here and there. Um, you know, like every time they did like a new number one of it, I'd kind of peek in and see. Um, because uh-huh. they did that a bunch, but I, I made it through. So he, his first like fifteen issues or so was with Paolo Rivera and Marcos Martin. Um, yes. and those issues were really good. I enjoyed them, but kind of the entire time I was like, okay, I just want to get through this stuff so I can get to the Chris Somney stuff. <laughs> um, sure. And, uh, now I'm finally at Chris Somney, uh, and not to disrespect Paolo Rivera or Marcos Martin, cause I enjoy both of them very much as artists. Uh, yeah. I just think that the team of Wade and Somney has become so, uh, powerful now that it's just like, it's hard not to look at that as sort of the, the greatest part of it. Sure. Anyway. Uh, Rach, what's your catch up? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of blanking out there. Um, because I'm, my catch up is a little strange and I, I have a huge rant, but I don't know if I want to deal it. with it right now. Oh, I think you should. Yeah, I think you should. Should I do the good stuff and then the rant? Yep. Yeah. Do the good okay. stuff, then the rant, and then we can segue into issue of the week. All right. Well, the good stuff I noticed has a common theme, and you'll figure it out here as I talk about it. So, I discovered on Hulu that A&E did a TV show called Damien, which is directly tied to The Omen. Hmm. Oh, really? And huh. so I'm like, sure, I got nothing to do. I'll check this out. Sure. <laughs> so I watched about four episodes of it, and it is really good. Is it like the him as he, when he's older? Yeah, this is Damien at thirty years old. He doesn't remember anything. Like it shows like all the old footage from the Omen oh, pictures. Shut up, really? Everything. I want to watch everything's, that. How did they? Everything's tied into it. So how they and started this is, from is A&E? that this is A and E, and it is actually really good quality. Surprisingly. Huh. So it starts out that because he's the Antichrist, um, Jesus was baptized. Spoilers. <laughs> Jesus was baptized at 30 in the Holy Land. Damien is a war photographer. And so he's out in Syria photographing, you know, civilians. And 
He's 30 years old. And that's when all the weird stuff starts happening. And then this old woman comes up to him and tells him, it's all for you, Damien. And then from there, just bonkers shit. Huh. I want to watch that. I'm uh, So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. And it was created by a guy named Glenn Mazzara, who you probably don't know his name. But he... I do know that name. How do I know that name? Uh, you probably know it from The Walking Dead. Um, yep, that's it right there. He was executive producer and writer on, on a, f- uh, a couple of seasons of The Walking Dead. Um, yes. That's it. But then, like, all the other stuff he did, like The Shield, I guess, is a, supposed to be a really good show. Uh, but then yeah, after The that, Shield it, was really good. It was, like, Crash and Standoff and Life and Hawthorne and Criminal Minds, which I, I, I hate Criminal Minds. Um, yeah, I do, too. That's a, that's a show <laughs> to make dumb people feel smart. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. <laughs> it's just—it's so, so pandering, um, and so that's interesting though, because then it's like you know, The Shield and The Walking Dead, and then I guess now Damien. Like, it's like three really good shows, and then the rest is just like shit. I don't know. Yeah, I—I I was actually just really surprised at how good it actually is. Like, there is some like things that are a little cheesy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean. The Hellhounds are all there. Like, it references everything from the original movie. They just kind of forget about those sequels. Like, those never existed, thank God. (laughs) So, but, no, so far, it's awesome. And a few moments, I did get a little scared. Hmm. I gotta watch that. I I, I love The Omen, and I always... That was always a big bummer for me, was all the... Yeah, the sequels all sucked. Yeah. Even, 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 Even with... Sam Neill, he just can't save it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and this is <laughs> only all those sequels are bad. It's only ten episodes total. Yeah. Shit. And yeah, I finished four episodes, and I had to stop because it was like I have to go do stuff. And <laughs> the episode that I finished with was like my jaw dropped, and I was like, "That is fucking creepy," and I gotta like go do something else because I'm getting freaked out. <laughs> I have to. So. <laughs> I have to tell you guys a fun fact about this series real quick. Uh, okay. Although it was aired on A&E, uh, the network that originally ordered the series was Lifetime. Weird. Right? <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird? That's so weird. It's like... Why would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm. it's good that they moved it to A&E. Because uh, yeah. they're all by the same company, but it's just like that'd be so fucking weird having this show come on Lifetime. Yeah, I am. If it was on Lifetime, oh. I would not have ever watched it. If it was like Damien on Lifetime, no, not not gonna do it. <laughs> is it is it uh, just one season and that's it? Yeah, yeah, they canceled it. Gonna... Oh, which is pretty disappointing. I mean, it's actually really good. Huh. huh. I, I am yeah. so so I mean it has it has been reviewed uh in some outlets it's reviewed very it's reviewed pretty favorably in other outlets it's reviewed very unfavorably so it looks very divisive um I I could see how you either really like it or you don't I think if you have the nostalgia like Matt and I do where like I'm assuming we both grew up watching the omen I love the omen and love it then yeah, you'll probably really, really dig it. But if you don't have that connection, you'd probably be like, nah, this is a little weird, and I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, I could I could see how it's very divided. Huh. 
Hmm. Inte det just nu. Um. Jules. Kamla I didn't know I needed um. Rachel saying yes with a Russian accent before, but I guess I did. Uh, <laughs> what you got? What you got uh, next, so, Rachel? So, so that's really good, but I'm going to move on to another thing, and you're going to notice a common theme. Sweet. I, I read the comic Baby Teeth. Ah. By Donny Cates. Mm-hmm. Which is about a teen girl who gives birth to the Antichrist. Ooh. In Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> and it's surprisingly funny. Like, there's little moments where it's really funny, but it's also really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the baby develops a need for blood. And when he cries, he opened a portal to hell. And there's an evil demon raccoon that's now watching them. <laughs> And I don't know. It's just really interesting. Yeah. I, hmm. I've i been really enjoying Donny Cates lately. Uh, and the artist on Baby Teeth as well as uh, Gary Brown, who did Black Road with uh, Brian Wood. Yes. The art is really good. Yeah. Does, 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 it, does, it, does it illustrate a, a realistic uh, Salt Lake City? Um, I wouldn't say, like, visually... But the writing it does, uh-huh. like the cultural, just the way, yeah, the culture and just like the way the girls are and with their family. And the dad is actually really awesome. He's really funny. He helps take care of the baby. It, but I mean, it does kind of show the other side of being a teen in Utah, which sucks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> But it is really good. It's it's really well done. I will say if you like antichrist <laughs> demonic things like I do. You you do really love that stuff. Um <laughs> But I will say like Aftershock comics, uh much like Black Mask, they are really 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 putting together a solid line of uh of comics that are I think at least partially creator owned, but I mean like, they've got They've got stuff from like people like Brian Azzarello and Marguerite Bennett and Paul Jenkins, uh, obviously Donny Cates, Garth Ennis, Tim Seeley. Um, like their Aftershock is is putting together a, a really solid line of comics. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, I recommend that. I think there's only three issues out so far. Yeah, but yeah, I, I highly recommend it because it's actually really funny even though it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get, see what I did there? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have one more comic book to talk about before yeah. the rant. Oh, I just figured out what the rant is. <clears throat> it, it's coming. <laughs> uh, but the other comic I want to talk about is Clean Room Ooh. by Gail Simone, which lands in the cult part of things i like (laughs) so it's about this horror novelist named astrid mueller who forms the honest world foundation which is a self-help religion which sounds 
pretty familiar to Scientology mm-hmm. and L. Ron Hubbard. And it's about this girl whose fiance shoots himself after becoming involved in the organization and after reading one of their books. So she goes to investigate and she ends up in the clean room, which is it's kind of like auditing in a way. Hmm. But you you hallucinate and she starts hallucinating but it kind of is going along the lines that the monsters that you're seeing are real. Huh. So, it, yeah, it's really fascinating. I read the first volume and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, Gail, Gail Simone is one of those writers that I've been aware of forever, but I really haven't read many of her non-DC like DC Comics uh, Batman-related stuff. So I should probably at some point. Yeah, probably. She's really good. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I just want to quickly mention that. And now I will rant forever about the monstrosity that is Death Note on Netflix. <laughs> Called it. I, yeah, I, I kind of, when, when I started seeing all the, the news and random things about Death Note, I was like, oh boy, Rachel's going to have a lot to say about this. <laughs> Let's hear it, Rach. Is it a, it's a movie, not a show? It is a movie. Okay. I, I'll start with the positives. The The music is Atticus Ross. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good positive. Yeah, it's really good. I really like the music. Yeah. Willem Dafoe uh-huh. is fantastic. He's the creature beast? Yeah, he's Ryuk. That's... The, de- the death god. <laughs> his, name is, his name is Ryuk. Oh, okay. Shinigami, god of death. Should have known that. <laughs> who leaves the death note for light to find. What's his name? Ryuk. No, the, the character? Light. Light? Yeah. That's the character's name. In the Japanese version, he's Light Yagami. In this version, he's Light Turner. Okay. <laughs> which is dumb. But anyways, let's get into the dumb. Wait, but the creature looks cool, too. Oh, yeah, he looks fantastic. Yeah, okay. Willem but... Dafoe is perfect. And those oh, are the Was positives. he in a suit? It's all CGI. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. They did the motion capture. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. And that's where the good ends. And it is the worst adaptation of anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Holy shit. Which in no way captures what the story is supposed to be. In no way captures what light is supposed to be. Who he is. They added a love story, which light doesn't give a shit. The girl that's in love with him, uh, he uses her, manipulates her to killing other people. But in this version, she's the one manipulating him. Is he a bad guy? Is he like an anti-hero in the original series? Yes. Okay. But he's smart. Like he helps his dad with investigations because he's a police officer. He's very smart. He gets good grades. This one... He's a degenerate who gets detention. He's not smart at all. Oh, that's weird. It's a dumpster fire. Ooh, huh. boy. <laughs> it did get, uh, it does have a whopping 4.8 on IMDb. Oof. It's so bad. Yeah, I think I think studio execs in America have a hard time understanding what uh, manga and anime stories are about because 
like thematically speaking, the storytelling devices in in Western versus Eastern uh, stories are just very different, right? Like anime and manga is very uh, reliant on like metaphor and symbolism and things like that, whereas you know American stories are a lot more. Uh, I guess I don't want to say overt, but like you know they they it's it's just it's a different storytelling medium, and it always feels like when studio execs decide to adapt something that comes out of Japan they don't actually understand what it's about or what the meaning is behind it only that it's exactly that it's like popular and exactly so then they just like they when if 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 a treatment like it, it seems like to me they decide to adapt it and then maybe the the creator even maybe they just hire the wrong creator or maybe that the creator that they hire you know brings a treatment to them that they don't get and so then they make them rewrite it and all that like Either way, it just seems like they just don't understand the stories that they're pulling from from Japan. Hmm. It's very clear that nobody understood what this was supposed to be. <laughs> uh. <laughs> because it's essentially a thriller crime story. Because Light is killing people, but he's killing the bad guys. And it's about a character who just goes by L chasing him and trying to figure out why he's doing it, how he's doing it and, you know, basically catch him in the act, Hmm. but he can't. And that's what it's supposed to be. Or this is just, they added so much dumb stuff that doesn't even make sense. The guy that plays L is like, like he's, Trying to be the anime character, I get that he's trying to do the mannerisms, but it comes off like a parody, like a bad parody that's hmm. just cheesy. Like, huh. it, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> what if I watched it with, with with zero knowledge of the original? Even friends that I have have zero knowledge that watched it. They said that that's bad, and that was one of the dumbest endings I've ever seen. Oh, boy. So, I recommend not watching it. I don't plan on watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want to watch it because the creature stuff looked cool. He looks really cool, and the music is really awesome. Yeah. But that's where it, all the good ends. Uh, that's where... Which is just disappointing. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um. Yeah, yeah I'm not it's be just. That. Yeah, nobody watch it ever. Save yourself. Good luck to whoever the fuck is doing. Whoever ends up doing the inevitable Akira ad- adaptation that we're gonna get. Ugh. Oh boy. Yep. Um, hey, I, I don't know. I liked the Ghost in the Shell movie. Yeah, that's true. I I did too. People were hating on it, and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. As, like cultural appropriation and all that that drama aside, I actually thought that it was a pretty good adaptation. I thought that, uh, like story wise and things, I thought it got a lot of undue shit. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually like story wise. It it was entertaining. It was good. Like, I really have no issue with that. This was just it completely missed the point. Yeah. Ugh. Um, well, I think, uh, it's time for our, for our middle of the show segment that we've been doing now for 
one time before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the issue of the week brought to you by T-Blocks. Uh, T-Blocks is the subscription service that uh, for less than $8 a month, you can get a, a T-shirt sent right to your door. Uh, these T-shirts can be Marvel, DC, Star Wars, any geek-related stuff that you choose. Um, you can use our promo code, which is COOLTBX at checkout to get 10% off your first order. Uh their shirts are fucking awesome. Like, not only are they fucking awesome, but again, like eight bucks. Are you are you are you taking my pants off and slapping me in the face with them? What? That's wow. I, <laughs> back to fetish corner. Yeah, back to fetish corner. Our, uh, our other sponsor. This episode is called Fetish Corner. The thing, the thing, the thing that I keep <laughs> taking it back to is when, like, I buy a lot of shirts from Target because I think Target has some awesome shirts. Uh, yeah, they do. When I go there and buy a shirt. You know, it's it's like what, 12, 13, 14 bucks? Maybe more. Maybe more. Uh and they're still really good shirts, but like the stuff that T-Block sends is like crazy high quality. The fit is actually fantastic. I'm one of those skinny lanky people and I have a hard time with t-shirts cuz usually they don't fit me uh or like make it look like I'm starving. Um and uh T-Block like there there's it's high quality cotton. It's it's well fitted, I think for for really any like body type depending on your size. Um, and the designs are like fantastic. Like it's all actual, like real stuff from, you know, Star Wars or Marvel or whoever, uh, DC. Um, but it's $8. Like it's half the price of what you'd get from even Target that sells cheap shirts and, and they're really awesome and, and love wearing them around. So, you know, tblocks.com, uh, that's T E E B L O X.com. Uh, and the promo code is cool TBX for 10% off on your first order. Uh, Rachel, you chose this month's, uh, issue of the week or this week's issue of the week. What's you did. <laughs> I did. Tell us, tell us, uh, what you chose and why you chose it. I chose curse words by Charles soul and Ryan Brown mm-hmm. because it's fucking bananas <laughs> and amazing and uh, it's hilarious and just very entertaining. It's like nothing I've ever read before. No, it's super original. Yeah, yeah. that's what I like so much about it. Yeah, I, 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 I think Ryan Brown is going to be my new Zadarsky. Oh, <laughs> I know. You hear that, Chippy? Moved on so oh. fast. I'm not. Well, not quite. I mean, he's still my Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> now you uh, have your brownie. Now I got my brownie. Chippy and your brownie. You got to put your Chippy and your brownie together sometime. Uh, so <laughs> welcome back to Fetish Corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, that's probably going to be the title of this episode, huh? Uh, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I. So I, I think that uh, we should start out by just saying, you know, some of the stuff that that stood out to us, like things of note that uh, that we noticed while reading it or whatever. Um, as for me, one of the big things uh, that stood out right away in terms of the visuals was the coloring on this book that was done by Ryan Brown along with, it looks like he had two, uh, two color assistants. Um, it was very imprecise. Like they basically would just, they would flat out the uh, colors, like do everything in flats and then take like a, a brush, just a regular round Photoshop brush and then just haphazardly go in and throw on lights or throw on shadows and, uh, and it worked really, really well for this book because I think that even in panels that otherwise would have been really static, it added a lot of uh, subtle movement to it, just having this very sort of quick, noisy um, kind of lighting effects to it. Uh, sure. 
Yeah. The the colors are one of my favorite things about it because it's there's so much pink and brown yeah. and purple and, and just and blue. There's a lot yeah. of blue. It's it's just so bright. Yeah. It's bright and it's like really poppy and energetic. No, I I think that's exactly what I like so much about it. Is it really feels like uh, they got together and they they like Charles Soule went from like doing his Daredevil, which is like basically black and red. I mean, a little grayscale in there, <laughs> and then just going f- and then going full bore to this like bright, vibrant, poppy comedy, and it's just ah, it works. Yeah, no, it's um, I I the thing I one of the things that thought was probably the most hilarious about it is like. They made, uh, shoot, what's his name? Wizard. 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 <laughs> but he's got a name. Yeah. I don't remember what it is. Anyway. I don't remember either. I thought his name um, was Wizard. Well, he calls himself Wizard on Earth, but he has an actual name that uh, oh. the uh, the red the red lady calls him. Uh, I can't yeah. remember his name. Um, <laughs> shit, what was I going with that? Oh, they made him so hipster. <laughs> He is so hipster. <laughs> I fucking love it. With his hair it's and then so just perfect. the long beard. It fits so yeah, perfect. His vest and, and shit. It's great. Yeah. I love that he's a hipster wizard. And he's yeah. always wearing hipster. sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Um, I, I loved the scene with like the the uh, the mock Justin Bieber that comes in wanting to be platinum. And then yeah. like I, I just that 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 interaction is so great that he just he can't feel anything anymore. Uh, yeah, and he's like, "Well, what what do you expect? Your metal, <laughs> <laughs> so good." And I like, I loved the little bit of like, um, and we're, I mean, we 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 told everyone that we were gonna be reading this issue. So if you haven't read it and you don't want spoilers, that's that's on you. Um, but I uh, I I love that like when when the initial antagonist wizard comes in, it's got the little caption that says. Um, translated from the language mystique or or whatever Mm -hmm. and then when the fish are there getting like put into the potion or whatever it's like translated from fishtique yes that was they're all just like don't put us in the water (laughs) i'm a fish get me back to water i'm a fish no that's bad water don't put us in the bad water (laughs) it's so sad but so funny it's fucking hilarious um i really like it, it feels to me uh like charles soul because he, I think his first comic that he did was back in like maybe 2011, like not crazy long ago. Um, and there's kind of that common adage that's sort of an adaptation of the Malcolm Gladwell uh, theory is that like once you've written over 10,000 pages of comics, that, that you're kind of a master of that craft. And because Charles Soule has been at any given time writing somewhere between four and seven books uh, each month over, you know, basically his, his most of his career... It feels like he's probably quickly approaching that number, uh, and I think it shows in this book. You know, it's it's his first creator-owned series, I think, since Letter Forty Four, um, and it's you know it's a totally different tone than he's taken in most of his works. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, like the the script, let alone the art being amazing, uh, but the script itself, I think, is just very adept. You know, they've got this thirty-page comic and. A lot, like a lot of times, I get very nervous when I see a comic that's over twenty pages because I think that sometimes the writer might have had, you know, like had difficulty parsing their story down into limited chunks, which can usually lead to them just being unnecessarily long. Um, 
but I, I I like that he kept himself contained, uh, even though he had more page real estate to work with. There was only a couple of times where I felt like any pages were getting bogged down with with sort of wordiness. Um, but for the most part, it moved very quickly. There was a lot of room for the art to breathe. Uh, and there was still a good amount of comedy in this book that I think is, you know, is very much comedic in tone. Um, so I don't know. I, th- I thought that they did a fantastic job. No, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it is a really quick read. But here's the problem. Here's the, here's the thing we're gonna have to deal with uh, moving forward with issue of the weeks. Mm-hmm. Is if you get if you guys give me an issue of the week that's really good, I'm gonna read way more than the issue of the week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what uh, I intentionally c- didn't case do. case in, case in point curse words, where I just was like, I'm gonna read the issue. Up, oh, I read all of them. <laughs> that's basically what happened to me i just started reading it and i was as i was reading the first issue i was like i think this is gonna be my pick and then i just read all of it yeah Yeah, (laughs) i i almost did and then i intentionally stopped uh so that i wouldn't have any sort like so that the the rest of the issues wouldn't affect how i thought of this issue Uh, which is what they're absolutely doing in my head yeah Yeah. but in a good way because like it's just it's just like well we can get to yeah, how does it stand alone as an issue? But we'll get to it. I and I. The last thing that I wanted to say is uh, that the the reveals at at the end of the comic were pretty compelling. Like the last like five pages or so teased a lot of things while still wrapping up kind of the story of that issue. They teased a lot yeah. of things that make you want to keep going. Um, yep. Yes. You know, they, they mentioned he's the devil's devil. Uh, he's the, the favorite, you know, of whoever this guy, like his master was. Uh, he's got this previous relationship with that woman. And then that stadium being completely gone, whether he killed everybody or transported it, whatever he did with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he just like shrunk it. Wait, wait. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, I don't say that part. It's in the first issue. No, it's not. There's a first picture volume. of it. It's in... Yeah, because I read the first issue before I came over here. There's a picture of him holding the tiny little stadium in his hands. Was there really? Oh. I totally missed that. Yeah, no. So that's not a spoiler. Oh, okay. okay, fine. Because sure. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my one of my that whole little like side plot little thing that's going on. Yeah, there, there with there's the stadium. there's oh, more that's, that's going to happen like, with that, but it does show that he shrunk that stadium. Okay. Either way, uh, I think that, that those last few pages, like they, they tied up the first issue story uh, pretty well, but also just they gave a lot of a lot of like mysteries and, and kind of things to come back for. Um, oh, okay. And so it was very it was very compelling for that. But uh, did you guys did you guys have anything to say before we uh, go to the sort of questions on this issue that we'll be yes. addressing? Okay. I I want to talk about how much I love Margaret. Hashtag not my Margaret. Hashtag Team Margaret. <laughs> Oh, God. Margaret is his koala sidekick, and she's amazing. And I just absolutely love that you always just see him with his wizard staff with this koala on his shoulder. <laughs> well, I like it starts. Uh, I like how it starts off, and Margaret's a rat. Yeah, and, and then, then he's she like, holds it, up the picture. Yeah, he's like, because the conversation's like, what's a pop? What's a popular animal on Earth or something? Yeah, and he like holds up a koala, and he's like, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> Like she googled, and you can see the like search bar. It says "cute koala." Cute koala, yeah. <laughs> it's just like pointing to it. So good. <laughs> it's so amazing. Good. I think that's what I like so much about this story is it's it's very simple, 
it's very funny and it's and it and it doesn't take itself seriously in the slightest. Yeah. Um you know, it's a wizard. He gets his power from sapphires and <laughs> he's got a koala and that's all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like there's you know, have fun with that concept. And yeah. I yeah. I do also like that a lot of the comedy in this book uh it utilizes the fact that it's a visual medium, right? Like a lot of this comedy isn't just in the script. Like it's those moments like that where it's just simple visual gags where it's, you know, some writers would have a tendency to overwrite scenes like that. And that's just super simple where it's like, yeah, here's a great joke that doesn't need anything more than like a quick line and some visuals. Right. Yeah. And I give, and I, and I would, I would give that all to, um, Ryan Brown. Yeah. If you guys haven't read God hates astronauts, uh, that—that's all it is. Ryan Brown is Ryan Brown has brilliant comedic. I don't know what's the what's the comic book t- uh, comedic timing. I don't know, just comedic uh, uh, sense ability ability. There you go. Yeah. Sense sensibility sensibility. Because yeah. he really, I mean, he does he does illustrate comedy better than almost anybody. I think like even even David Aha during Hawkeye, I don't think did quite as well with visual comedy as Ryan Brown does. Not even at all. No, and and David Aha did a did a good job. Who did uh, Deadpool versus Hawkeye? That that artist is. Oh shit! I'll look it up. Okay, you you can look it up. Uh, anyway, no, I I I I don't know. I I my guess is that Ryan Brown went to Charles Soule and was like, "I got this wacky idea," <laughs> and Charles Soule was like, "Okay, cool. Let me put that all together for you because you know he's got a little bit like when you read God Hates Astronauts, it's kind of a hot mess." In a really, really great way. Yeah. And then when you read curse words, it's a lot cleaner. This it's 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 much more pared down. I mean, God Hates Astronauts starts off with like six hundred characters and they're all like and they and he's got backstories for all of them. It's just this like hyper complicated universe. Whereas Curse Words is like, here's a wizard and a koala and a guy they turn to platinum. Go. Yeah. You know? So it's much cleaner in that sense uh, anyway i would give I, I i don't know i look forward to any more that this team may do or just the continuation of curse words yeah and uh that artist on hawkeye versus deadpool's name is mateo lolly which is a joyful name because huh. that's got some freaking brilliant comedic art in it yeah um like kate like kate bishop's face so sure so i've kind of i've kind of got a, a list of like five questions and we might add to this or modify it as we go along with the issue of the week um the first is five's good. What? Five's good. Five's good. Uh, the first question is: Does this require prior reading? But obviously, with this being a number one issue, that issue or that uh, question is non applicable. Um, but do you, in your guys' mind, is this issue satisfying as a story on its own? Do you think that it tells a sort of complete episode on its own, or do you think it leaves some to be desired that way? Uh. Uh, well, at least in the, again, this is this goes back to the number one issue. Of course, it leaves things to be desired. If you enjoyed this, the uh, number one issues pr- tend to have a resolve at the end that sets up whatever is going to be happening. For yeah, a a that arc and b the universe as a whole. So I just mean like yeah. in terms of the the story of this number one issue. Do you think that it was a satisfying story as an episode of a bigger story, uh, where you could read it and actually get a full story out of it, or do you think that, or at least a full episode out of it, or do you think that uh, it wasn't that? Yeah, absolutely satisfying. You could read yeah. this as one issue and enjoy it. Yeah, dope. 
Um, I, I and I agree too. I think that it tells it does a great job of telling a basically a complete sort of origin story to at least understand where the character is at. Um, and it has it has its own arc that uh, that yeah is satisfying. Um, yep. Do you think do you think that this should be adapted to another medium? And which medium would you suggest? Whether it be TV, animation, movie, whatever. No. No. See, I think no. This good. It just works. This, this the, I think this is a prime example of where a comic book medium is the 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 the, the solid perfect medium for it. Because it it I don't need to see the motion. I need to see part of what I think what makes curse words good is it's all the imagery is really like accessible and it kind of ingrains in your brain and part of what is fun about a comic is what's happening between the panels in your mind mm-hmm. uh and i think that's probably would be funner and and funnier than somebody trying to animate this with comedic timing involved yes i completely agree and i don't think this would be live action at all i think if you're gonna do it you do animated but I, I, again i don't think that that's i don't this doesn't transfer I see. I, I disagree a little bit on that. On that note, I think seeing a live action movie of curse words, obviously, it would have to be heavily adapted because there's a lot that curse words and and I think curse words is like you say a comic that utilizes its medium very very well, um, and so there would be a lot of sort of adaptation and altering to be done to adapt it to a film medium um, to make it utilize the medium of film better. Uh, but I think it would also be incredibly fun to watch sort of a big budget wizard movie but with sort of this type of story in it instead of the sort of like self-righteous whatever uh or self-important magic movies that we usually get but i see your point too I, no I, I mean i yeah, and i see yours i just I, I think this specifically this one i don't think i'd want to have that transfer i gotcha um and if if uh if readers liked this uh this comic do you have any others that you might recommend i mean God hates astronauts. If you like Ryan Brown, if you like that wacky art, mm-hmm. and you like just like absurd stories. I know I've been talking about it like three or four times yeah. lately, but right, yeah, right. <laughs> God hates astronauts really? is your your call. Yeah. What about you, Rach? Uh, I don't know. I've been trying to think about it. <laughs> I the the thing with Ryan Brown is I don't know if there's really anything you can compare other than. God hates astronauts. Mm-hmm. That's on the same weird bananas level. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the the only and f- good. comedy. It's so important. Comedy is. Uh, I feel like comedy is sort of underdeveloped in comics right now. There's not a lot of very like, really really funny stuff. Like yeah. you can get some of that. Like I would say maybe Zdarsky's Howard the Duck would be in line because it's yeah. just so like. Take a character who's out of his element and put him in wacky, zany adventures. Yeah. And which is exactly what Howard the Duck is. So, I, yeah, there, uh, there's another one. Zdarsky's Howard the Duck. Yeah, there we go. I'd say the the <laughs> one for me that kind of jumped out, it's it's a bit of a different genre. Um, and I think it's it's probably closer in tone to God Hates Astronauts. But I, I really enjoy this comic. And this is one of the best sort of writer artists out there right now. Um, Space Mullet by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh this comic it was it was released by Dark Horse, uh, I believe, last year. Um, but it's it's that same type of thing. It's a crazy adventure that's really comedic. There's sort of this like you know uh, ragtag bunch of uh, of people, and it's it's incredible. I don't know, like the art the art is fantastic. It's it's just unbelievably illustrated, and the pacing is incredible, and it's not overwritten. 
uh, and still has sort of that levity um, that you'd get from a comic like Curse Words. So I'd say Space Mullet would be my recommendation. Nice. Um, and I guess you guys already answered this, but will you keep reading this series? <laughs> <laughs> I already did. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I will certainly keep reading. Um, and that does it for the issue of the week. Uh, however, Matt, you've got the next issue. What are you, uh, what are you bringing to the table? Okay. So, um, I initially, so I, part of the concept, then when we, when we started issue of the week was, uh, pick a random issue, uh, and then you can kind of judge it on its merits, standalone within the context of the greater universe, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and, Kind of speaking to that, I was thinking, uh, what you know, I, I, I'm going to literally pick a random issue, just to like a, pick an arbitrary number mm-hmm. and, and and attach that to a run that's gone been gone on for a long time. So I, of course, went to Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. because Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> enough said. Matt likes Spider-Man. Fair enough. I like Spider-Man. Um, and I picked an arbitrary number. Now there's. There, I have a caveat here. So I picked my arbitrary number was 273. And we pulled up 273, and it looked like, hands down, one of the worst issues of Spider Man we could possibly have ever picked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so bad. It was like Spider Man and the Beyonder uh, starring the Puma. And I was just like, mm, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so uh, this, issue, this episode we're recording right now is 126. So I'm going to go Amazing Spider-Man number 126. Nice. Which, which is uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. Hold on, let me get this. Let me get this down by uh, 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 Gary Conway. Jerry Conway. Jerry Conway. Um, I can't even tell. I can't even tell. Let's see if I can get on this cover here. Who, when, what year it's from? Nope, can't tell what year it's from. <laughs> oh wow! It, uh, if it was during the Conway it, years, it's pretty old. It looks pretty old. It's pretty old. It's uh, uh, and the art by Ross Andrew. Uh, Good old Ross Andrew. Ross Andrew. Uh, and the uh, the title on this one is "Watch Out, Wall Crawler" when the kangaroo bounces back. Is that who that guy is? <laughs> That's he's, yep. He's Spider Man versus the kangaroo. He looks like Craven. Uh, uh, Holy shit! He kind of does. Uh, he looks like Craven yeah. and. Um, Oh, fuck, like like Hulk Hogan or someone like that had like a baby, <laughs> and Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> yeah, totally. This comic was twenty cents if you wanted to buy it in a store. This was published in what? November nineteen seventy three. There you go. Oh wow, John Romita so, Senior did the cover. Yep, Amazing Spider Man one twenty six. All right, and you can you can find that on your uh, Marvel Unlimited, probably on Comicsology Unlimited. Who knows. Um, but yeah, that's and that's volume one. In case you didn't know, volume one of Amazing Spider-Man. Not uh, not any of this renumbering shit. This is the original run. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if the kangaroo bounces back isn't on the cover, then bounce back to the original Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man series. <laughs> <laughs> nice, got him. Nailed wow. it. Uh, well, guys, I, it's I guess it's time for our uh, our main discussion. The the big thing happened this week that that everyone's been waiting for. Um. Uh, <laughs> um I'm gonna be a party pooper on nah, this, just on this uh, topic. 
It was the Defenders. Defenders. It dropped on Netflix. I, I don't know why we acted like it was a mystery, because it's probably going to be in the title of the episode for search traffic, you know? <laughs> we have our own personal mysteries. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, including our fetishes. It's Fetish Corner. Um. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, uh, what? What's uh, tell us about your fetishes with Defenders. I know Rachel and Matt are on two separate ends of the spectrum, and I think I'm somewhere in between. Um... Let's let's go around the proverbial table and uh, talk about what we thought of Defenders. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Fuck it. It's been two weeks. Yeah, it's been. I mean, anyone listening to this show, I don't know anyone that listens to this show when it comes out. I think probably has already watched Defenders. It was only eight episodes. Yeah, it's easy. Y- you f- you, fi- you finished it by now. Six hours. Uh, Three films. <laughs> 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 so I want to start. Let's uh, let's have let's have Matt start with his uh, I think positive opinion. Then we'll go to Rachel's negative opinion, and I'll 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 kind of go in the middle, and then we can sort of discuss. It, it's not completely. negative. Whoa! How do you know Rachel has a negative opinion? We don't know this yet. Spoilers. I do have some party pooper opinions. Uh, yeah. No. Anyway, yes, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I th- I think I have a uh, I, I I not I think I definitely know I have an affinity for team movies. Right. Yeah. I like it when the when I, when I like it when they all get together and, and then they have the other characters to interact off of, um, and so I think this one in particularly kind of struck that chord for me. Like in that, like especially in that opening, like when they all meet, shot when they're in the boardroom and they all start fighting and run the jewel starts playing and I was just like, yay, everything's great, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was just an awesome scene. Yeah. Um, and super fun, and I love the. Like, because I was like, because Danny Rand's the worst. We all know this, mm-hmm. un- unfortunately. But I thought he was much better in this, and I really liked that everybody was kind of picking on him a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. that just really worked really well. Worked really well, because then you were kind of like, yeah, Luke, it, he is the annoying kid, but <laughs> it speaks to your character to try to form a, a relationship. And I don't know. I was just great. It was totally great. Um. So. It was nice to see a resolve to all this hand nonsense, and Electra was fun. The hand has certainly villain. been going on for a long time, so I, I was glad to see that uh, worked out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, as the as the sort of tie all for what I guess you would call it Phase One Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'd say pretty great, pretty good way to do it. Nice. Yep. How about how about you, Rach? What was uh, what was your thought on it? Overall. Uh, it was okay, but I do have some bits and pieces that I did not like. Explain. I hate Danny Rand, obviously. (laughs) I hate him so much. And I was really looking forward to especially Jessica Jones being mean to him, Mm -hmm. but it was actually more Luke Cage that was mean to him, (laughs) which I really enjoyed. Yeah. (laughs) Cause yeah, Danny Rand is the worst. (laughs) I did. I did enjoy. Uh, Jessica Jones did have quite a few sick burns in this series, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah. Continue. She's she's awesome. <laughs> my she's favorite was my the favorite. interactions with her and Matt Murdock. Oh yeah. <laughs> like just so great the whole time. Yeah. You're but, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Those were definitely <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But I hate Electra. <laughs> I hate her so much, and I was glad that, spoilers, she died. Or does she? And then, spoilers, she comes back. Or does she? I I hate who Matt becomes 
when she is around. He's not a likable person anymore. He becomes a different person. And I hate him when she is around. So I hate that he's like stopped everything because he has to go save her. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like having a friend who's in like a, a, mm-hmm. a codependent relationship or like an abusive relationship and just like watching it happen and getting super frustrated that they won't wake up to what's happening kind of thing. Yeah, because she's like the worst ever. Like, even when she comes back, she's still the worst. Like, it just bothers me that he drops everything for when she's an awful person. And he knows that she's an awful person. And it's annoying. I got you. <laughs> no, I got you too. I don't hate that that's just part of the story, though. I like that that's part of the story. Because I, I, yeah. I think that's interesting development of the character of Matt Murdock. And 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 uh, a, a good way to have him have a huge fault because he, otherwise he's kind of like this perfect character, right? And then, but you give yeah. him some, give him something that's because I'm with you. He does. He turns into a horrible friend and guy when she's yeah. around, and it's he's like, the Ugh, worst. Stop it. But it, I, I get that it's good to have that element to a character, but at the same time, for me. I stop caring about him and I don't want to watch it because it's not fun. Mm. Fair enough. I gotcha. Um, so I, yeah, I, I am kind of in between the two of you there. Uh, on that particular issue, I am more on the side of Matt. I think that, I think the reason that I am is that Daredevil as a character, this is something that Frank Miller established and that kind of got continued with Smith and Bendis, Brubaker and Wade is that, Matt Murdock is a person who it's really, really bad news for you if you're close to him. Uh, right. You know, it's like his the whole thing of, of being Matt Murdock is just the fact that you continuously get everybody, like every girl who dates you gets killed and every best friend you ever have gets kidnapped or also killed. Uh, everyone around you has a stressful life just because they know you. And, and that Matt Murdock is essentially just like he's the worst like he just sucks uh but is still like a <laughs> likable charismatic guy it's just that like being his friend is incredibly frustrating um yeah and i like that they've maintained that element of his character because you know like we've seen it over and over like foggy and karen and you know even like electro to some extent or claire like everybody who gets into his circle is like jesus christ dude like what is fucking wrong with you uh yeah and so i i like that that kind of maintained it and i think that having electra there brings that out because you know to matt's point it 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 establishes this blind spot where as soon as electra is involved (laughs) yeah blind spot (laughs) get get it um where as soon as as soon as electra is involved (laughs) matt is almost immediately blind to uh, haha uh the needs of <laughs> of his friends right like he just immediately kind of drops everything yeah. and goes after her which yeah which i agree is like super frustrating to watch because you're like dude stop being so dumb uh yeah but i think it does add some dimensionality um i think that also defenders did you know kind of to, to both your points defenders did do some work to uh redeem danny rand in a way or at least acknowledge like yeah this guy kind of sucks uh as a character because yeah, he's he's a whiny little kid that like you never want him to win like you'd never root for him yeah 
And I, I <laughs> and I think I think that that's intentional. And I'm because I I think they're going for a different approach to Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's in and of itself controversial for a lot of us, where we're like, ugh. <laughs> there's so many better Danny Rand stories out there. Like, why are you doing yeah. this one? Yeah. But I think there's going to be. I feel like there's going to be a payoff. I hope so. Because only because in this in the Defenders, there's so much of like. Danny Rand, everybody's like, "Ugh, this kid's the worst." Yeah, like they're like <laughs> knocking him out and tying him up, and they're like, "Yeah, they're like, ugh, you you just can't handle your just, shit, Danny just Rand." Shut up, Danny like, Rand. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I really feel like that's intentional, and I feel like there's a, definitely a part of like, I think you're not supposed to really like Danny Rand a whole lot. Yeah. I think that's I. Th- I really think they're they're really pushing for that. And I think like a lot of people have talked yeah. about like oh it was a response to people not liking Iron Fist, but this I mean this show was pretty much almost all filmed by the time Iron Man premiered. Uh, Iron Fist, or I mean yeah, Iron Fist. Yes. Um, totally. Oh, oh, totally. I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I. I think there's a bigger picture because the, and I and I because I I read something that there that I think it was Finn was talking about like what the future for Iron Fist holds. And he's like, oh, yeah, this isn't, he's not the Iron Fist yet. I mean, he's technically the Iron Fist, but he's not the Iron Fist he's yet. He's not quite there yet. Right. He's got, he's like, he's wait. they made him young and they made him inexperienced and that's part of the point. Yeah, I, so. What I will say is I think that's part of the point. I think that uh, in Iron Fist, the series, they really, uh, I, I think they fell short of actually making that compelling. Um, oh, yeah. I, sure. I'm not saying Iron Fist was a good show, but I yeah. think there's a bigger picture here than than we may be giving them credit for. Yeah, Iron Fist is not a good show. Yeah. And what, I, what I'm no. hoping is that for the second season of Iron Fist, that Scott Buck, who is also doing the terrible-looking Inhumans TV show, um, mm. I hope Scott <laughs> Buck's not the showrunner for season two, because... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think he will be with the poor reception. Yeah, one would hope. Wait, for, w- just wait for the Inhumans reception. That guy's not going to work in comic movies ever again. Yeah, mm. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> God damn that! Just like thinking about Inhumans gives me a an aneurysm. Um, yeah, I I do still love Colleen Wing. I yes. loved her in Iron Fist, and her mm-hmm. and Claire have a great yes com- 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 uh, friendship. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes yeah, that's they what, do see that's what happens when my stutter gets in the way of my talking oh yeah, so good no they're fantastic together yeah 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 totally i hope they and do a daughter's like, dragon series. i like uh misty knight she's great yeah did you know she got, her, she got her arm she got her arm chopped off that's exciting yeah that was she pretty get, cool she can get a robot arm robot, Yay, arm, from robot misty arm. Knight. she's gonna be in iron fist season two actually with a robot arm with a robot arm um, they'll be the they'll be the daughters of the dragon. God, I I really hope they do a daughters of the dragon TV series. That'd be so great. Yeah, they'd that be, would they'd be, be so awesome. Um, and Sigourney Weaver was awesome. Yep, I love her. <laughs> yep, I liked her. She was she was pretty good. She's good. I I really liked this like ultra untouchable high class. Yeah. Uh, uh, upper class character where it's like I only eat alone the finest foods just like and here's my like ridiculous like designer outfits and I listen to classical music by myself And but then you just get that like little snippet that she can fight and completely take oh, you down it, yeah there's that like that one hot scene where she's just like yeah. boom 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 just takes yeah. it yeah it's fucking awesome yeah it was incredible yeah. 
Yeah, I. Uh, so there, there are a few complaints I have. I guess bef- well, before I get to that, uh, I thought that both Daredevil and Jessica Jones and and also Luke Cage. I think all three of those characters were handled very well in this series. Um, yes. And it made me. I, I think I, the bigger accomplishment, at least for me in this series, was that it made me very excited to see where all of these characters go from here. Um, I thought that despite the just, like, I like that they cut down to eight episodes for this one. Uh, however, I think that it, there were still moments where it dragged a little bit. Um, I I I think eight eight episodes was such a good move. I hope they do that for the other series. I just I'm sick of this 13 episode format. It seems like they never know what to do with it. Well, I f- I feel like Daredevil season one handled 13 pretty well. Yeah. Season mm-hmm. two handled 13 mo- okay. I thought I thought Luke Cage handled 13 well in the sense that they had basically two villains. Yeah, it was, hmm. and, and and like have six episodes or seven episodes of one villain. And then set up the next. So it was almost like volume one and volume two arcs, right? And I thought that yeah. works pretty well. But then in Iron Fist, it was just a fucking mess. So oh yeah, there there was so many. Ugh. Yeah. I, I yeah, think they've bad. I think they've gotten progressively worse at handling that episode load with each season that they've done. I thought Jessica Jones was probably the peak of it, and then since yeah. Jessica Jones season one, it's gotten worse. Like Daredevil season two, it was a little more poor. Where like when Elektra comes in for the last like five episodes, it's weaker. Um, right, and then yeah, I totally agree because she sucks. She sucks. I I didn't like her in in Daredevil. Uh, however, I've, I've I enjoyed her a bit more in this one, and her costume was way better. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah definitely I, I, better. I I also just don't think Elektra's a compelling character to begin with. No, I never. I mean, like it works well in the comics, but I just don't like. I like Daredevil not dealing with the Elektra bullshit. So yeah. I'm glad that we're past that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll fingers see. crossed. Um. And then uh, with Luke Cage, see, I, I, I kind of disagree with you with Luke Cage. I thought the first, like, seven or eight episodes of Luke Cage were super, super strong. And then as soon as they're like, surprise, he has a brother. Like, we never mentioned anything about a brother before, but he had a brother the whole time, and he's the big villain. Like, it's like if you're going to have a big villain that's revealed at the end of the season, make it mean something. Like, don't just all of a sudden say, hey, surprise, he had a brother, and now his brother's the villain. Like... Tell me sure. about his brother early on, you know? Give me some stakes. Like, establish yeah. that relationship before you just decide to make his random brother that I've never heard of before the villain. Uh, and I also thought yeah. that the guy that portrayed Copperhead was just, like, a goofy guy. Um, or I, Diamondback. I, I, you know, I, right. I, I, that, that, I, I will give that to Luke Cage as they got rid of the best villain yep. halfway through the series. Exactly. That was, like, my <laughs> big problem. I was like, dude, I'm really enjoying Cottonmouth and, uh, and Black Mariah. Like, they, they were a compelling thing to watch uh even though black mariah has like that she has that weird thing where she's just like always like like staring super hard you know what i mean that always freaked me out um but uh but yeah like like luke cage i think you know once it hit episode eight it just kind of fell apart for me and then iron fist Mm -hmm. you know basically right from the get-go fell apart um yeah and so i don't know i just i want these seasons to be shorter because going into punisher i'm like that could be exciting, but I feel as though, you know, 10 episodes would do and 13 episodes of The Punisher just for me feels like it might be a bit overlong. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. But anyway, um, yeah, I in terms of complaints of The Defenders, the fight choreography in this show, I think, was the worst that we've seen out of any of The Defenders shows. Maybe not. Maybe a little better than Iron Fist, but. It was definitely better than Iron Way Fist. Way better than Iron Fist. It was, but I w- still, 
I don't think it was particularly great, but it was definitely yeah. an Iron Fist. Yeah. There were just I, but, I think Daredevil still has the best. Yes. Yeah. Season one of Daredevil, I think, is still the peak of fight choreography for this for this whole universe. Uh, uh, the thing I, here's the thing I didn't like about the fight choreography was because a lot of it just seemed kind of bland, right? Yes. Um, and in particular, I really don't like that Jessica Jones has one move and it's pick someone up and slam them on the ground. That <laughs> was my complaint. As I'm watching it, I'm like, all these people are skilled fighters. Can nobody teach Jessica how to fight? I, well, I kind of like that they didn't, only in the sense that she's so stubborn mm-hmm. that I don't think she would let them teach her how to fight. Exactly. But at, at the same time, yeah, she's strong, but she doesn't yeah. really know what to do with it it would right. like and so I, I would have liked more of like her using her environment like pick up shit and throw it at yeah people and stuff like not that. just yeah, like, pick them up and slam them down yeah there's, there's, there's really it, it got old picking up and slamming on the ground yeah. yeah yeah that's like all she did and they could i mean like they could do something interesting with her stubbornness like they could have stick try to teach her be like hey you're super strong but you have no idea what you're doing and have him try to teach her something then have her be stubborn and like no i don't need to do that or whatever but then like later on in the last episode when they are fighting she gets into a situation where she finally does use it you're like oh she did she was listening the whole time no she did that she did the thing yeah yeah she wasn't so stubborn um like i don't know there's stuff you can do with that and i'm sure they'll continue to develop her in future seasons um but i do agree like the fight choreography was very bland felt a little rushed and lazy uh and especially the rushed part stood out because there were so many scenes where you could see the air in between the punches or the delayed reactions yeah, right. and so it felt like they just like took one shot, like one take of it, and then moved on. Uh, yeah, and that that last the last big fight sequence, which is supposed to be like the the kick ass like splash page, crazy awesome like super cool sequence. The when the music cut in, it was like super awkward. First off, like I I don't know if you guys <laughs> felt that, but in that last fight sequence, like I loved the music that they chose. But it just yeah. kind of like it just kind of like started, and you're like, "Wait, is that in the scene? Like, is somebody listening to this, or is this just the soundtrack? Like, what's it? Just it, I don't <laughs> know. It felt super, just like pasted in. Uh, yeah, I, I I will agree, and it made me so happy they played "Protect Your Neck" by Wu Tang. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I think it was a great I mean, choice. I, 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 I'm right, and, and I'm 100 percent with you. I think it was like. I, I definitely felt there were points where I was like, okay, easy with the hip hop guys. We know this is like the streets of New York mm-hmm. and whatever, but like, it's like, it's like, it's like classical, it's like soundtrack, soundtrack, soundtrack. Oh, there's Luke Cage and here's a hip hop song. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I was like, okay, e- like figure out your soundtracks better. Have the, me- <laughs> have the music be coming from like the, the, the bebop kids on the corner of the street and yeah. they're playing hip hop or something. Put it in yeah. the environment. But I'm, I, I, I'm totally there with you. Uh, and I was like, are you fucking playing Protect Your Neck? <laughs> That's so fucking badass. Totally. And like, yeah, I mean, all the run and the jewel stuff. Like, I thought that the choice of music was all really good. Uh, it was just yes. the, the way that they integrated it, I thought, left a lot to be desired. Sure. Um, sure. I'm excited that they're setting up Daredevil Born again for uh, for season three. Yep. Um, yes. I hope that they, because there's a lot of really awesome Iron Fist stories out there, especially if they were to go into like some of the Brubaker infraction stuff or the, you know, Kari Andrews stuff. Like there's some cool Iron Fist that they could do. Uh, I really hope that the relationship between Luke and Danny is building towards like a Heroes for Hire show because mm-hmm. that would just yeah. be the best. Um, I don't know. Like th- there's a lot of potential here. I just felt like this this series on its own 
when we, you know, like way back, I mean, we, we were doing this podcast when the first Daredevil season uh, aired, or at least that was like right before we started the podcast. Um, yeah. But it, like looking forward to Defenders at that time was so exciting because we were like, holy shit, like it's going to be like an Avengers level event where it's like everything's together. Like it's the culmination of all this stuff. And like, you know, it'll, it'll be super awesome. And I think it fell short of being that big event. Um, but I, I, it was, you know, it was still satisfying. It just, it wasn't, I don't know. It's not a series that holds up to the highest quality of what they've done so far. Sure. But it's still enjoyable. Yeah. Did you guys, unlike iron fist, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did you guys uh, enjoy or hate all of the stupid color cues that they kept putting in? I li- I thought that was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I, I, I think color works really well, and I think they that this is this is an example of using color effectively. I thought they used it pretty well. I it got a little heavy handed to me at a certain point where I, I started having flashes of like Nicholas Winding Refn, where people get so devoted to their color palette that sometimes it gets a little bit stretchy for like is this realistic um Hmm. especially for daredevil it was like okay every single scene that daredevil is in is somehow lit by bright red lights come on guys uh i don't know i liked it yeah i like that i think that's cool because comic books are the same way yeah each of their comics has a color palette absolutely but I i think that's something that just like that lends itself more to comics than it does to uh to film especially when like all these characters are in the same environment and they're still trying to force all their separate color palettes into their individual shots but then you're like wait a minute the lighting was just barely red in this scene why is it blue now um well you're everybody else liked it too (laughs) (laughs) that was just my nitpicky thing i i I liked what they were going for i just felt like they were a little too heavy-handed with it anyway all right that's my complaint uh i don't know any anything else to say about defenders for you guys uh, I don't think so. No, I, I, I mean, really, all in all, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm stoked, and I'm, and I'm looking for, I'm, I'm, I agree with you 100. percent I'm looking forward to where Daredevil goes next. I hope they do the, the get more towards, uh, Heroes for Hire kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a question I wanted to pose to you guys. If, uh, so we, this just Phase One just wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh. Punisher's the next is the new next character. We're gonna see Punisher. I I'm not looking forward to Punisher because I just don't think that's a good character. Mm. Just but I'll watch it. Hopefully it'll be good. John Bernthal's like the perfect cast for it. Yeah. But uh, I assume they're gonna introduce more characters moving forward. Who do you want to see? Who would be? Who do you think would fit really well with the current state that 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 the Netflix world is in? Moon Knight. Like. like like who would like, but would, would would Moon Knight fit really well in? Absolutely, think, I think. I, I I really do. I think so. Yeah, I think that he's the one of the perfect characters to introduce because they're they're starting like with all these shows, they have their individual identity, but they're getting a little bit samey. Uh, you know, they're they're starting to occupy some of the same space. Whereas with Moon Knight, you can actually do you know like a full like analysis of this schizophrenic person and like have like this really cool. I mean, you know, they could take a lot from the. Warren Ellis, Brian Wood, you know, Jeff Lemire uh, runs and be like, okay, let's deal with this guy having a real identity problem. You know, they could pull some cues from Legion in that way t- as well uh, and and do something cool where it's it's sort of a blending of like this psychological thing, you know, trying to distort the audience's perception of this hero and, and whether they think he's insane or not. 
but then also dealing with sort of like this rough justice, you know, Marvel Netflix world. Um, and even have these people like Daredevil or Luke Cage or Iron Fist not sure how to handle this guy or how to deal with him. Um, you know, in, in sort of a similar vein to The Punisher, but with a far different sort of spin on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that Moon Knight would be a, a great character to apply here. Um, I, I have a couple of others, but I'll I'll wait to see who you guys talk about. I, I'm definitely all for Moon Knight because I think the way Jessica Jones handled abuse and other women's issues Mm -hmm. this could also address you know the mental health issues Mm -hmm. in a way yeah and i like that idea yeah absolutely now i mean i agree i i I, I, the only reason i challenged moon knight is just one of the yeah you know because just not just because he's cool but i wholeheartedly agree i think moon knight would be the best character to put in because he's like the He's like the he's like the Batman ripoff that's not at all a Batman ripoff because he's actually insane and he's just a super interesting character. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, I will. I want to say something really quick because I know you were you were a little uh, hesitant on Punisher. Uh, maybe this might get you a little more on board. Uh, the guy who's show running Punisher was one of the main writers on Hannibal. I never watched hmm. Hannibal. Oh. Hannibal's awesome. Well, then maybe that's for Rachel. Uh, anyway, which I watch. Of course, I watched <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> Um, no, it's just, it's just specifically the character of Punisher. Like, like I'm an old war vet whose family got killed, and I'm out for revenge. Like, just it th- is, that it, that in essence doesn't interest me. Yeah, I I'm in the same boat where that's kind of to me a not interesting kind of boring concept. Mm. But I did really enjoy Becky Cloonan's Punisher. Sure. Yeah, so, and I mean there there have been I creators there have been creators who have done really awesome stuff like Garth Ennis's Punisher is is really good. Um, anyway, but who who do you guys think should be in this universe? Like, if you had any choice there, hmm. I have another recommendation I can make if you're not sure. Yeah, nail it. Go for it. Yeah, I'm, go I'm, for I'm, it. I'm 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 sort of uh, I'm I'm thinking right now. Yeah, I'm thinking too. Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. He's already said he's down for it. They could introduce Hawkeye into this world where it's like, all right, like I just got to get away from all this superhero defenders stuff. Uh, and I mean, like, there would kind of have to be some stuff happen with his family, whether he gets divorced or his family gets killed in something. I don't know. Or you know, I mean, he's like a kind of a a fugitive from the law right now. Uh, but you could have a series where it basically it just takes from the Matt Fraction run. Hawkeye tries to get away from the big superheroics, goes into New York, you know, kind of back to his roots. Uh, somehow ends up getting, you know, like sort of involved with this girl, Kate Bishop, who like saw him on TV and wanted to emulate him. And, you know, like you could you could kind of do that and have sort of a, a Fraction-esque Hawkeye uh, Netflix series that could fit in really well with this, but be a bit more comedic. You know, you kind of play on that thing where Hawkeye is like this mentor slash father figure to this to this like rich spoiled girl um and again it you know it adds a different uh element to this this netflix universe that isn't there right now sure no i yeah i could see that um i would like to see this might you might not um, you might not agree but i think to dump into this universe that would be really cool would be miles morales mm. <laughs> I think I, that'd um, be that'd be a great way to sort of have your cake and eat it too, because exactly because Spider Man should be a street level character. Like that's that's the one Ex- downside yep. with those big movies is that uh, they make him a huge spectacle. Mm-hmm. And and I think they did that well with Homecoming, but that would be a great way to sort of do both things at once. Yeah, or I mean, or or uh, Spider Woman. You could do Spider Woman too. Oh, Although Jessica Drew is not my. 
favorite character. Yeah. Uh, but I also I would love to see if they would do a, a Mockingbird based off of uh, what's her name? Chelsea Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, you that, could pull on that would be that would be really good. Yeah, you could pull Adrian. Uh, what's her name? Adrian had a something something from Agents of Shield who played her. Yeah, yeah, that girl. She did really good. I liked her as totally. Mockingbird. She's a good actress. Uh, make it make it a little bit funnier. Yeah. Add some add some corgis. <laughs> Hell yeah! There needs to be corgis. More corgis. Uh, or uh, and this I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Probably not. But I think in the same vein as we're talking about all these Marvel Netflix characters, there's like there's like a bigger like like a point to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like Daredevil's Jessica Jones's abuse, and we get you know we can highlight mental illness with Moon Knight. We can highlight uh, racial intolerance. We could put. Uh, I mean, I guess Luke Cage's are there, but you could do a Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel one. That that would be really good. That'd be a good and one to have, really, like after the Captain re- Marvel. Really movie. cool, right? Uh, yeah, easy way to tie it in. She's super enamored with Captain Marvel. Yeah, and she's an Inhuman, so it's like you still you still keep it in universe, even though the Inhumans show is probably going to suck. Um, totally. Although, yeah. although if you do Kamala Khan, you got to deal with like Lockjaw and her like you know body shifting powers and all that stuff. Um, so that'd be a little tough. You don't have to deal with Lockjaw. You, that, that, I don't think that would be integral. That's fair. You do. Uh, you do have to deal with her ability to, the fact that she can get forty foot tall if she wants to. Yeah, it's like you get to a certain uh, point where you're like, ooh, I don't know if we can pull that off. Yeah, that that might be a little too special effectsy. Yeah. Um, but those would be those would be my big ones. Maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. People keep talking about Blade, and I'm like, eh. Nah, I don't care about that. Mm. And the, but like, I could see like an original Ghost Rider if you did like a Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Mm. And I don't know, that could be cool. Yeah. What's I think they almost handled Ghost Rider well in the Shield Agents of Shield show, where he's more of this like horror entity. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I stopped watching. Yeah. Before they introduced him. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. I, yeah, I watched I watched a couple of those episodes, and I think that's one of the few things that they've done pretty well in Agents of Shield. Totally. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I don't. Know, was there is there any character for you, Rach, that uh, you feel like would be pretty cool to introduce? Um, maybe not completely introduced, but I do feel like Black Widow kind of needs a different medium. I don't know how well it would go, but I definitely would love to see them try yeah no i mean i think i think black widow would be a, a really cool show to sort of introduce kind of in the you know it, it could be a same like if it god if they were to do both hawkeye and black widow like have both of these people be like all right we're done with all the superheroics like we both just sort of need to find our bearing uh and get back into the world see i i i just i just figured out the pitch hmm. have a ho- have the hawkeye show sorry i derailed you a little bit off black that, widow that's but, okay but uh, have the Hawkeye show with Jeremy Renner, uh, but he's in New York training Kate Bishop. Yeah, that's and the Hawkeye show is actually Kate Bishop. No, I mean you take elements of fractions, but you may it's mostly Kate Bishop's story. Mm. Is that what you yeah. said? That's not what you said. It's I mean it's borderline what I said where it's like yeah he's training sort of this new generation, but also trying to get away from all the big stuff. But yeah, that's that's actually right. I like that idea because then a you could you know maybe not have Jeremy Renner in every episode. Uh, so that you could save or some money the, there. He'd be the he he'd be the yeah. stick exactly. Of, yeah, of Hawkeye. I'd watch that. I, would watch I that love too. Kate Bishop. I know Kate Bishop's the best. 
You could even God, you could even do like a Young Avengers series. Although Young Avengers gets pretty special effects heavy. Um, but yeah, that's Kate Bishop's great. Um, that'd be pretty cool. I like that. Uh, all right. Well, should we? Uh, or, or hear me out. Ahead. One other thing that I think would be cool. Fantastic Four. I think they need a movie. I think they need a movie. <laughs> that's, that, that'd be hard to do Fantastic Four on TV. I think you could make this fa- I, Fantastic Four more compelling in a long form where you can have a lot more time to navigate the the characters and I, and, and, yeah. and, and have a and have a thirteen episode burn for Doctor Doom instead of how quickly can we make him Doctor Doom? Th- Thirty minutes. <laughs> well, that's you know I I would actually prefer that they do that. And take their time setting it up. That way you can actually develop Doctor Doom and their relationship. Yes. Yeah, I... See, if... if So, you know, we've, we've talked about before whether or not the X-Men should stay with Fox. And, and I, I do think that, that Fox is the ideal place to have the X-Men. Uh, but I think a cool way to handle the X-Men would be to have a large portion of the things that happen in the X-Men world be a TV series. You know, like I think Netflix would be a perfect home for some of the, you know, uh, smaller X Men stories. You know, you wouldn't get like with the big cosmic stale Apocalypse or Phoenix or any of those stories. Um, but some of the others would be really great episodically, uh, and that would be like the way that they're doing these Defender shows would sort of be a perfect way to do X Men uh, series. Uh, yep. However, that's just a fantasy because it won't happen. Sure. Me personally, I wouldn't want all these individual X-Men shows. Oh, yeah. I think it would be more of like a... You'd have like sort of one, maybe two X-Men universe shows, but they're they're sort of about ensembles and groups. Because, yeah. I don't know, guys. I'd like I'd like an X-Men show, an Uncanny X-Men show, an Excalibur <laughs> show, an X-Force show. <laughs> X-Factor, X-Statics. X-Factor, X-Statics. Wolverine, yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway... I the other one that I'll throw in is and it will never happen but Nick Fury would be a great TV show like explore and I guess they they kind of did a similar type of thing with Agent Carter on ABC but have kind of like this and I guess and I guess it sounds like we're kind of getting a little bit of that with uh, Captain Marvel I hope so it would just be so cool like the the more like and that's what I liked about Agent Carter is like the early days of Shield some of that cool espionage stuff uh, you could bring in a lot more of that Starenko like weirdness um, yeah anyway I don't know I. I, you know what? I would not be opposed if they brought Colin Farrell back back to play uh, Bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I they I, I think they should get uh, Jason Statham. No, they should get uh, who's the guy? Who's the comedy guy from the IT crowd? The the tall Irish guy. Vin Diesel. No. Oh, what is his name? Do you know who I'm talking about? He was in Thor. O'Dowd, Chris O'Dowd. Chris yeah, O'Dowd. they should get him to play Bullseye. <laughs> yeah, he was he was in Thor: The Dark World. He goes on a date with Jane. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, or they could do Richard Ayoade from the IT crowd too. Moss. Oh yeah, that he could be a Bullseye. <laughs> Why not? Let's just get Ricky Gervais, guys. Let's just get Whoopi Goldberg as Bullseye. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. I think we. Yeah. I don't. I, and yeah, we've we we've, we've gone on long list enough. Characters off for a while. Yeah, um, going for a while. All right, uh, and that that's that pretty much does it for the show. Uh, to support us, uh, if you can go to thatmightbecool.com and click through the Amazon banner, that would be a huge help. Whenever you want to buy stuff on Amazon, please, please, please use that. It's no extra thing for you other than just typing in a quick URL. 
Um, and you can also go to tblocks, T-E-E-B-L-O-X.com and use promo code COOLTBX for 10% off your $8 shirt. Uh, and you can go to comicbento.com and use promo code SAVAGE for $5 off your first box. Uh, Rachel and Matt, where can they find us on the internet and how can they reach out? Oh, I got I got one more Netflix show. I want to see Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, okay. Or Howard the Duck. Um Oh, we also forgot to quickly address that I came back from the desert. Oh, shoot, yeah. Sound. Glad to have you back, Rich. <laughs> yeah. And how, if, if anyone else gets trapped in the desert and, or feels like just throwing a line out for help, uh, how, can they, how can they reach us? Oh, they, can, they, could, uh, they could say, help me, Savage Land, you're my only hope, uh, at uh, Savage Land Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or Savage Land Pod on Twitter. Um, but, you know, here's the real way. If you're trapped in the desert and you're... Lo- wow, a lot of sand just came out of my f- sandals. I guess I just came out of the desert, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, if you're trapped and you, and you need you need some help, just give us a call. 413-SAVAGE-4. That's what I did. That's what Rachel did. And yeah. We, we, we just assumed she'd be all right, so we didn't help at all. But It, it was basically <laughs> my whole experience was uh, Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight. Nice. Right. There you go. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah please please call uh, the hotline and or, please email us uh we we love we love people reaching out yeah letters at savagelandpodcast.com what'd you think of defenders uh, and what'd you think of curse words and who do you think netflix should tap for as the new character other than punisher because boring yeah <laughs> so many questions so many ways to reach out just freaking do it already uh uh chris yeah 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 yeah, Chris, walking home from school. Yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah, sitting sitting in your room, looking at the ceiling, listening to this podcast. Yeah, it's Mark doing dishes. <laughs> anyway, please uh, letters at savagelandpodcast dot com, Twitter at savagelandpod, and at savagelandpodcast, and everything else. Let us know the answers to those questions because we'd love to hear from you. And I think that does it for the uh, for the show this week, guys. Sure does. Long episode. We did it. Hope you yeah. enjoyed your yeah. time in the Savage Land. Mm-hmm.